You're listening to Creek Times, the only Dawson's Creek podcast. Enjoy. Okay, now now we're going to snap. <laughs> okay. That's just the sound of New York. Oh, yes. Welcome Scat to the Dawson's Man. Creek Times podcast today. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. What's that, young boy? I got something to tell you, mister. <laughs> well, just t- tell me that's your job. <laughs> it- <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg's making a movie about his life. And it's going to star Michelle Williams. Ain't that something? Wow, that is something, because Steven Spielberg is a big part of the subtext of Dawson's Creek Show, and Michelle Williams is in Dawson's Creek Show, and that's such a crazy dovetail of the Dawson's Creek universe to reality. You never know what's going to happen in the big city. I'm not giving you a tip. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just not giving you a tip. Could you? Bye. Hey, everyone. I'm here on the streets of bustling New York City, and we're ready for the Dawson's Creek podcast. Wow, that kid was so energetic. Like, could we we have him on the show sometime? I'd love to hear more of him for like an hour. Would you? Because it's like pulling teeth to get information out of him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pa- 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 paper boy has no news read all about it <laughs> yeah michael basically provided all of his news <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now i don't even need to buy the newspaper it's like now i know i already know what i need to know yeah, it's, Thanks, like I, it's like i could have googled that <laughs> well that was fun that kid sucks <laughs> um yeah, I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him, but yeah. he makes a good living, and I'm proud of him. He makes an, He's honest, my son. an honest living. <laughs> He's my son. <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, do you, do we you come wanna... from a line of oh. newspaper men. <laughs> Is that how you get by when you're not doing the podcast? Yeah, I've been a little coy about my last name. It's actually Woodward. <laughs> And it's it's Woodward well, and Bernstein. My last name is Michael Woodward and Bernstein. Relation to Bob? Bridget is doing a shocked face. <laughs> this is why we should do. This is why we're doing. This is why I'm turning my video off. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dang it! No, no, no! They always leave me alone. Now I have to stare at myself for, for the next hour and a half. You, yourself, you actually you don't have to. I I know I don't, but it's I don't know. But I don't know. I've gotten accustomed to just staring at Matthew's face while we speak about things. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I have to be entertaining on multiple levels, both audio and visual. Ah. You guys, you, you can't see it, but I'm doing a really cool card trick right now. Michael, Bridget, was this your card? <gasps> no. Matthew just flipped us off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, inappropriate. You have no proof of that. And <laughs> I won't. I won't tolerate such slander. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, the the very helpful extra extra newspaper boy shared the shared that true story about Steven Spielberg making a a movie about his life that stars Michelle Williams. Um, but Bridget, did you know that uh, there's a new star attached to the movie now, and they're going to be filming 
this summer, I guess. No. Tell me about Seth this. Rogen. <gasps> that seems Seth interesting. Seth Rogen is going to play his uncle. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's times like these I wish I had a dead-on Seth Rogen impression so that I could... It's just going to be <laughs> Seth Rogen smoking pot and just giving him the plots to all of his famous movies. <laughs> what, if, what if there was an alien? Okay, and he ha- and he and he was like Jesus, you know. He comes down, and the alien is Jesus. He's D- he's Jesus alien, and he helps the boy. He helps the boy, and he goes to his home planet, and he and he wants and he wants a phone. What if there were what if there were no phones? That's gonna be the movie. I, I hope that Seth Rogen. I hope he's a method actor like Daniel Day Lewis, and he just has to follow Steven Spielberg around, just acting like his uncle for the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> How would that help him? He, would... I, I just help him get into character. Just like meet up with Steven Spielberg and have him like sit on his lap or something like that. <laughs> How would this man's uncle have acted? I was just gonna say, I hope Steven Spielberg plays himself, but just in various wigs from childhood to adulthood. <laughs> yes, he transposes his face onto a little child actor. Yeah, I hope they do what they did in Tron and just de yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Or, or they ha- yeah they have him like wear what what are they called like the little like motion capture balls that like they have you wear I hope he just does that for himself uh, Matthew <laughs> yes. I believe the industry term is motion capture balls okay good <laughs> great it's, it's just motion balls actually <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Hi, good so morning, everybody. Us, yeah. Bridget, why don't you take I the lo- reins? I love that like, we're all like trying to avoid ho- like leading into this episode. <laughs> well, last time so was a is... bit of a mess, so... Uh, yeah, last time was mostly deletable. So um, we're going to try to, like... We really obviously want to talk about Andy and Jack and all things season two. But first, we kind of have to address season one. And it's not like nothing happens, but not enough for, like, multiple episodes... So this whole um, episode is going to be about, like, a season one cleanup. Yes. Bridget, your topics seem to have a whole lot more to do with the skeleton of the show. So why don't you, sh- sh- why don't you give us an, over- <laughs> oh, an overview overview of the show? Sure of thing. Of the love triangle. Um, and, I mean, everybody feel free to hop in here at any point. We sure will. Okay, oh, thank yeah, you. Just... It, I, even, I, I, even, I might, uh, we'll see. Even the newsboy. The newsie. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, who are you? <laughs> um, uh, speaking of newsies, that's what <laughs> I did not pick up on that. Oh, <laughs> there you go. If you had done that, what's, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> no, hey, 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 I'm best friends with James Franco. <laughs> 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 we we've already touched on the beginning of the show before so we are in dawson's room and joey is talking about how things are changing between them uh it's their first semester of sophomore year that's about to begin and we all remember how important sophomore year was to us remember guys huh oh oh yeah yes <laughs> yeah mm, yes of college no oh high school the the, oh. the, be, the best three years of my life. <laughs> the best seven of mine. Sophomore year of kindergarten was my, was kind of my uh, building's Roman year. <laughs> so, 
Um, what I was getting at is high school is not impactful for me. I don't know about everybody else who's participating in this podcast or listening out there, but... And I'll be your crying soldier. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah, Michael was singing that before the show, and now it's going to be stuck in my head all day. <laughs> That's better than the fake theme song. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, um, I thought that it was impactful, and then it turned out not to be. Yeah, see, that's pretty much all Which high school. Which is probably most people's high school experience. Yeah, you think that it means something, and then you become an adult, and you're like, oh, man, this had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're, we're opening up the show on their first semester of sophomore year. We're dealing with 15, 16-year-olds, and uh, Joey is sensing a drift almost between them because we get this uh, underlying vibe that Joey is developing feelings for Dawson, but we're not sure if Dawson has feelings for Joey back. But it seems obvious that he would, because Joey is a very attractive girl, and she's smart, she's tenacious, and so it's like, why wouldn't you like her? But anyway... Um, then we have the, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is great stuff. (laughs) Hi everyone. This is Michael from the editing room again. We apologize for the noise in the background. Bridget had trapped a parakeet in a mason jar and it was trying to escape. We all have jobs outside of this podcast, and this was work-related, and it just couldn't be helped. So, thank you, though, for listening. Season one doesn't know what it wants to be. It, it, it thinks it does, so it starts out with, like, just a bully in a small town, you know? Um, kind of a gathering life experience. And it it's just all over the place. I thought tonally it's very difficult to feel like it's steady because like you get introduced to Dawson's parents and Dawson's parents are just like so childish that they're not believable. They're just having sex everywhere. And so you see them being very romantically involved with one another to the point where they just don't even care if their son walks in on them at any point. Everybody just giggles and is like, oh, parents. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, but his mom is also having an affair. But his mom does almost nothing to hide this affair. So either Dawson's dad is one of the dumbest people to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> even when she knows that dawson is going to stop by the studio yes! she's canood- she's freely canoodling in the hallway yes! with her uh with her new bow <laughs> and it's funny because you would think that that would lead into like oh maybe maybe dawson's mom is like a sex addict or something yes like, maybe it's a little bit more than just you know they like to you know whatever um, <laughs> well they yeah they they don't even there's no ambiguity they don't try to make you guess like is she isn't she it's like no she is and it's basically right out in the open all of her co-workers can see it um her viewers would easily because her co-workers can see it you think her co-workers would go talk to everybody in Capeside. So all of her viewers would know. And then Dawson's just standing there witnessing it. And then do you guys remember that scene where she's on the stairs and Joey finds out? And yes. she's just on the phone yes. being like, basically like, I am having an affair with you. Ha <laughs> ha. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey's like, you can't do that. And she, Gail made no effort to hide it. None. No. 
Now, I completely forgot. Did Joey, does Gail know that Joey knows? Yes. Remember Joey's like, the consequences of people's actions, you know, it's like that gladiator line, what we do in life goes throughout eternity, Gail. The gladiator line. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> because I know I because I know I'm not. <laughs> and so that's that's this big tension. So not only is Joey upset with Dawson for being into Jen, Joey also knows about the affair that's happening with Dawson's parents. And Michael and I actually watched this episode quite recently and we I just can't put into words how great of an of an edited how great the edited scene was cutting from catching his mom kissing this other guy to just <laughs> cutting to grunge music then 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 cutting to a boat. Yes. <laughs> and cutting to, and then, then to cutting Dawson's to Dawson sitting face. And, and Dawson's <laughs> sitting like a stone statue on a bench next to Jen, <laughs> not moving a single muscle <laughs> or fiber of his being. It's so good. It's, that, some of the cuts early on are just so good. Actually, 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 one thing I just wanted to mention this really quickly before we talk about the last episode, and it's something that Bridget already mentioned before, but. Bridget, you were you were not kidding at all that this show just does not want to acknowledge the father of, of Joey's of Joey's niece or nephew. They just have no desire to acknowledge this guy for more than like literally like a minute or two. Yes, <laughs> it, it's criminally underdeveloped, and I think it goes along with what you were saying that yeah, I don't think they really knew what they wanted this show to be because they could have explored like. Bessie and and this and I don't even know his name. I'm just gonna say the the, the father more, and they just um, Bodie, have no Bodie desire is to his do name. it. Yeah, um, Bodie and Bessie. Bodie and Bessie. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and Pacey and what the hell is? And and Bodie actually seems like a stand up person. Like he's helped take care of Joey. Um, he helps Bessie with their restaurant work. And he seems like just a very calm, gentle, nice figure. And Joey keeps complaining about not having a father figure. And it's like, <laughs> Bodie is right there. They don't, they don't paint him like he's some sort of crazy or he's had like the, the most wild thing he's introduced into the life of Joey is the fact that he got Bessie pregnant. But that's also very strange because Joey complains about it and acts like people are judging them, whatever. We never see any judgment about it. And on nope. top of it, Bessie seems to have it like pretty much under control. Like I can't think of any episodes where she's just like, I can't handle being a mom or like, Joey, will you continuously babysit this baby? Cause I can't step up to the responsibility. Like Bessie seems like a well-rounded, responsible, kind person as well and joey just constantly spits <laughs> on her <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're like, kind of perfect as imperfect as their relationship is um you know uh, being pregnant out of wedlock it's like they're kind of perfect characters they have nowhere to go and so they just basically disappear yeah. <laughs> 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 and it, what we're getting at is it's brilliant writing. <laughs> and um, it's so weird that they barely develop Bessie because she's actually a really interesting character. Um, as you know, she is in a for the I'm going to point it out. Cape Side is not a diverse town whatsoever. <laughs> what? And, <laughs> Massachusetts? 
<laughs> I know. I was shocked too. <laughs> and you know, Bessie is in. Uh, I can you think of any other interracial relationships that have been shown on the show so far? Nope. No. no and not, so, not a single one. Bessie's in a in an interracial relationship. She is pregnant out of wedlock, and she has become a mother to her baby sister after their own mother has died and their father has been sent to prison. And yet we get almost no character development written for Bessie. And it's like, you have a, you have a rich background. <laughs> yeah, that could, have been, that, that, that could have been a great point for maybe a little bit of drama. And they just, they, they just don't care at all about it. No, they're <laughs> just, just like, of... oh yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy until because until you just mentioned that now, I just it's just dawned on me that if you put it that way, it would never really occur to me to be like, hmm, instead of this interesting character, let's focus on her sister in high school yeah. and what <laughs> exactly. she's going through. <laughs> because Michael, I'll say don't, it. Michael, 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 don't you understand? She's a virgin. <laughs> Her, her biggest, her biggest strife. <laughs> the, the the state that we are all born into is Joey's biggest strife. <laughs> the interesting thing is that Bessie's pregnancy really serves to t uh, strengthen the relationship between Jen and her grandma more than yes. anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the pivotal scene where <laughs> they, um, where the baby comes out and uh, <laughs> the baby comes out <laughs> and goes extra, extra, read all the <laughs> It was shocking. It was Subversive. <laughs> I'm talking here, <laughs> but you know it, it. It it actually it actually was lightly set up because they do mention that Jen's grandma used to be a nurse for like thirty years. So mm -hmm. I guess so. I guess I don't know. I'll give it. I'll give it. That's that. the moment. Where, that's one of the moments where uh, uh, grandma's faith kind of gets through uh, to Jen. Of uh, Jen's sort of like wall of uh, I don't know uh, non-belief or whatever. Or how would you describe that, Bridget? Like um, Jen's. Well, they, they've, they've been at odds with each other because Jen, again, is from the big city. So she's been exposed to, you know, more of the moral relativity of life. And maybe there's no truth out there and you're not considering God in your choices. And then you have Grams and she is very religious, extremely trusting in God and you know, she dresses and comports herself in the manner of a uh, quintessential religious person in a small town. And um, even the way she puts her hair off. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you could say that the birthing of the baby is a, a metaphor for the birthing of understanding between them. <laughs> and Jen realizes, because she's been convinced that she knows all and has had every experience under the sun... Turns out, Jen, your life has probably been pretty limited. You've had sex and done drugs. There is an array of experiences you have not had yet. <laughs> and so... <laughs> um, she, uh, and actually, and Matthew, that um, I think that cul that relationship culminates in the last episode with uh, uh, Jen's grandpa coming out of a coma. Why don't you take the reins on that? Okay, as I take the reins on that, I know you can't see it. I'll see it on the camera, but I'm currently fighting with two cats to keep them away from my recording materials. <laughs> They're both like like right here. 
Okay, so so the episode <laughs> opens up with uh, Jen and her grandma both visiting uh, Jen's grandpa in the hospital. And, you know, the grandma is basically saying, oh, he's no, no real changes. He's kind of been like this for a while. And Jen's like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, keep me posted, I guess. I'm going to go to school soon. And, and, and then I guess the grandpa hears Jen's voice and he wakes up from the coma and he says, Jen. And he's, he's like, he's conscious. This is the first time he's been conscious in uh, months or years. I forget how long they said it was. So and Matthew, if your grandpa had woke, woken up from a coma to, at hearing your voice and saying your name, what's the first thing that you would do? Well, I would look at my wristwatch and I would say, oh, it's about 830. So I'm going to be late to third period biology. I better go to school now. <laughs> yep. Which is what she does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we got to her and she's in school just recounting the events to Dawson. It's like, maybe you want to stick around. <laughs> No, I think we would have all had those same concerns. That's a call in sick. Reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You can't call in sick. Life. That sounds like the opposite of sick. <laughs> grandpa's cured. Get over here. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like he's doing fine. Alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she she just didn't want to go to d- detention again on another Saturday morning and have another <laughs> Breakfast Club episode. Yeah, that, that took a toll. And it's so tragic that she goes to school, Matthew, because what happens then? <laughs> well, what happens, uh, as the episode goes on, what happens then is, unfortunately, he, he has another stroke, and he's, you know, now again unconscious, he's intubated, and there's actually a very, very sweet moment, because uh, Jen's talking to her grandma, and her, and her grandma's praying, and, and Jen's like, um, why, why are you praying like you can't change God? And and she says she says Jennifer, um, <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer uh, I'm not I'm not praying to change God. Prayer changes me. And I oh. thought oh, that's, uh, that's that's very sweet. That's oh, Matthew, very sweet. I got chills. I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to hit pause and step out of the room. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we both we we actually all three of us took a ten minute break. I just think that was so hilarious that like Jen goes to school and whoops, uh, your grandpa's back in a coma. (laughs) Maybe you maybe should have stuck around. (laughs) Yeah, especially since he said like your name, like like you are assumingly what brought him out of this, and (laughs) you just don't you just don't do it. (laughs) I've got a quiz today. Well, it looks like my work is done here. <laughs> oh, oh! Can I say one more thing? So, so it wasn't this. It wasn't this episode in particular. But there's a couple moments where Jen visits her grandpa in the hospital during during season one, and 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 one and one of the <laughs> my, yeah, Michael knows what I'm going to say. One of the episodes, she's sitting at bedside and she's talking about like 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 the AIDS epidemic, like <laughs> the STDs, and like. <laughs> Like these are the very com- comforting things that my grandpa would want to hear about. <laughs> it's like these venereal diseases. I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> please, and I, if I'm ever in a position like this, please, guys, just let it be known on the record that if I'm ever in a position like that, please don't come to my bedside and talk to me about like 
AIDS and <laughs> Farm Aid and just <laughs> Y2K, just all this stuff. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a one man show of the Dallas Buyers Club at your bedside. <laughs> <laughs> Right up. <laughs> yeah, if that doesn't wake you, nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, oh, and then and then they 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 pray again at, in in a church. Because he, he uh, spoiler alert he he did unfortunately pass away. So yes, they do uh, pray together in the church, and I guess that what that sets up is afterwards Jen goes over to Dawson's house and she's like I can't be alone right now. Can I, can I be with you? And <laughs> so, so essentially support. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both wearing like, like jean jackets and like jeans and, and they fall asleep on the bed um, <laughs> next to each other. And then the reason I guess, I guess that's important is that's actually it really, it, part of it depends on <laughs> Michael. They, they were, they, they were wearing jeans. <laughs> Maybe but not, not jean jackets. Well, <laughs> I don't, they kind of morphed together. I don't know. <laughs> Matthew, that's an outfit of grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the funeral, they're just wearing jean jackets and denim. <laughs> um, so, so the reason that plays in is because Joey through, and part of this goes to like Joey's dad, which I guess we can talk about in a little bit, but Joey basically goes over to the house and, and in the morning and sees that, like, that they've fallen asleep in bed together. Nothing, nothing um, you know, wild or raucous happened. It was just kind of a misunderstanding, but Joey did not, uh, did not know this. And she, she ran off crying, and, and Dawson ran off to chase her, and it was very, it was very dramatic. So thus ends, thus ends the high-octane arc of the grandpa. <laughs> you know, better, better to burn out than fade away, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he was paid handsomely for playing a corpse in like seven episodes of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Can you imagine that being your credits on your resume? <laughs> <laughs> the people, you could probably make a good living at that, probably. so to speak. Oh, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> that should have been Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. That I don't know if this can. I don't know if this can fit in, but Matthew's been going on a major deep dive about Ernest Borgnine. Oh, oh, and oh, and, and yeah, Bridget. Yeah, we can either talk about it now or later. But we we joked about about him being on the Howard Stern show, but <laughs> yes. they actually do bring him up on the Howard Stern show because what? he he because he and this guy were going on like this bus. I don't know if you knew this, but he he bought this like really nice bus. Ernest Borgnine. No, Bridget did. knew that. Okay, yeah, of course, uh, you know. So, but but there was there was this film producer, and basically he was like going on this cross country tour to do a documentary with Ernest Borgnine. Long story short, they, they long story. This is ridiculous. Long story short, they send Howard Stern a Christmas card, <laughs> and they're like reading the Christmas card on the Howard Stern no. show. Yeah. It, it, okay. I this whole time I didn't know Ernest Borgnine was a real person. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What? Wait, what? <laughs> are, you, are you serious? I thought he was a fictional person that, you know, he was like a... Like, <laughs> I thought he was like a character to play or something. <laughs> so, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> 
think he, he was like, <laughs> like, like people really thought this name is gonna is gonna get butts yeah. and seats. No one knows who he is, but <laughs> well, it's like, but a, a name it's like, like this. you know the importance of being earnest. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> 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 um, no, Bridget, that's why. Okay, so 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 welcome to Borg Borg Nine Cast Two yeah, let's, let's talk about this some more. Um, okay, yeah, let, let's really get into this. Okay, so Bridget, yeah, Ernest Borg Nine was a character was kind of a character actor in the fifties and sixties oh. uh, with a very um, uh, distinct unibrow and gap tooth. Oh, and. He, but he won an Oscar for playing. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's an Oscar winner, Bridget. Did you know that? I almost spit my coffee out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won a gat dang Oscar for playing Marty in Marty, which is like a. It's a nice movie from the fifties where he plays a lonely Italian man, and um, <laughs> it, it's hilarious. I love um, There's so many in New York that I know. I keep seeing them and just going. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. Anyway, and then he went to go to bed with at night. You you dried salami. (laughs) (laughs) We would like to apologize to the old lonely Italian man community. (laughs) Yeah, that's our that's our key demographic. (laughs) I'm looking at the analytics. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, this, oh, I just, I just can't get over it. that. That is too funny. And also, he's he's the voice of, of Mermaid Man, Bridget and SpongeBob. Oh, it's true. I really. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. That's why I brought up Mermaid Man in the in the, in the last episode. Michael, it all makes sense. <laughs> no, but oh, if you wow. look at Mermaid Man, he's actually he's actually modeled after Ernest. Yes. What Ernest Borgnine looks like. Oh my gosh, in that real makes life. that character so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Oscar winner Ernest Borgnine. So I just I can't get over the fact that you didn't think he was a real person. (laughs) This whole time I thought it was like a weird play somebody wrote of like my marriage Ernest Borgnine. And and that's and that's another thing too. I I, I talked about that play. I didn't realize he's been married like six or seven times. Whoa! Like like there have been multiple marriages to Ernest Borgnine. Do you think it's told? Do you think it's like the vagina monologues? Like it's told from different points of view. Oh, maybe. I'd love to hear Ethel Merman's point of view on that. <laughs> yeah, he was married to Ethel Merman, Bridget, who was a real person, by the way. Ethel Ethel Mermaid Man? Mermaid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who wants to do their best Ethel Merman impression? You'll be swell! You'll be great! Have the whole world on your plate! Meow! <laughs> when I was a girl in Blue Mountain. <laughs> and Ethel Merman actually plays the grandma, Bridget. Did you know that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but that's, what if she did? That's a step. That's a shade too far. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have laughed. I wanted to see if you'd actually buy it. <laughs> Guys, this has been so informative. I'm learning things too. Not- that's the magic. That's the magic of the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You get to learn who Ernest Borgnine is. How edifying. And then I'm going to go brag to people who don't care. <laughs> you know when you learn a new vocabulary word and so you try to casually raise it in conversation so people are impressed by it? 
Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, that's like buildings, Roman. <laughs> like yes, yes, just exactly like that. Or or like no, nobody's heard this stack before, but you know the little plastic tip at the end of a shoelace. Is this? Did the, you guys? Did you guys know it's called yes. an aglet? Yes. So does every. So does so does everybody else in the entire universe. But <laughs> everybody brings it up like it's like some new out, out, amazing fact that only they know. <laughs> everybody knows it. Um. <laughs> Okay, wait. What are we? What are we talking <laughs> I about? Gonna, okay, I was gonna say that's how I'm gonna raise Erna's word nine in conversation to others now after this. <laughs> we'd be we'd be disappointed if you didn't. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get into a conversation about aglets and then bring up <laughs> Ernest Borg nine. <laughs> it's like a bingo card of all the things you have to try to do during the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can I talk about the uh, the scene that Matthew was talking just talking about twenty minutes ago? Yeah, um, where Jen, where Jen and Joey, where Joey discovers Jen in Dawson's room. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. They fall asleep in their grief denim. And then- I just <laughs> love- <laughs> I just love that scene. You know, I I don't know. Now I'm watching this this scene on repeat because I think it's actually really good. <laughs> I think it's a good scene. I think it's well cut. I think it's well like staged and i think everyone does a really good job in it and i don't know i just like that scene a lot sometimes they hit what can i tell you sometimes the show slaps you know oh mm, <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that, that 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 was that word was lit bridget thank you we're trying to reach a younger audience <laughs> yes you're totally on fleek thank you Matthew. <clears throat> oh my gosh gucci <laughs> um do we want it? Do hold, we, hold on, hold on. At, to be the Dawson on the show and the film nerd, is there any <laughs> like, like? Do you guys? Am I the only one who sees admirable qualities once in a while in the filmmaking? Well, mostly it's kind of bland. Oh, but, um, you, know. do you, do you wait. Do you mean in, in Dawson's filmmaking or in Dawson's, in like the sh- No, in the show's. Yeah, filmmaking? no. I think oh, I no, think there are really competent and and sometimes like just beautiful shots of you know the water and the horizon and. Um, sometimes people are staged in such a way where it's like, I can, I can feel the emotion that's trying to be conveyed here. I don't think it's an incompetent show. Nothing about Dawson's Creek feels, um, incompetent except for the like weird underdeveloped character writing sometimes. But you know, that's just the season one of a show. You just got to let it work itself out. Well, we kind of have an obsession with bad television um especially bad teenage soap operas you know we me and matthew went through all of secret life of the american teenager i don't know if you did that bridget but um i did that is an incompetent show yes on nearly every level at nearly every level that's that's part of why it's enjoyable but dawson's creek is um and then on the on the like opposite end of things there's a show like riverdale which is very competently made but i don't think it has I think it's about, um, it's not really about people. It's about like tropes and cliches and, and turning them up to 11. I think Dawson's Creek, I think it is a show of quality. I do like it. Yes. I think it's a good show. I think it has heart. I yes. did want to talk about that. So clearly Riverdale is heavily inspired by many things from Dawson's Creek in my opinion, but Sometimes Dawson's Creek and everything else in pop culture in the last 30 years. Yes. Yeah, but but like where other shows like they say, oh, we're paying homage to something, but like clearly they're just ripping it off. You you cannot say that about Riverdale because while they do like 
borrow many similar themes and cliches. The plots and characters of Riverdale are so ridiculous and just insane that that it it, it stands on its own two feet and then some. Yeah. Although watching Dawson's Creek made me because I I agreed with you before Matthew, but watching Dawson's Creek, I think that they are just lifting Dawson's Creek, um, like the conceit and the because you know you were telling me how does it start? It starts with. Well, you know, there's an affair with a teacher, but then there's also a girl next door um, vibe, and then the new girl next door. I think from, that from from New York City, from New York too. City, and I think that's actually just straight up plagiarism because that's the skeleton of the show. It's like um, where, where mostly it's it's full of stupid homages. Um, I think that is a, a direct lift of Dawson's Creek in a in a not okay way. I don't know what you guys think about that. I, 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 th- I think, I think I agree with you, but, but like I said, I think it goes off into its own, like, I don't know. It goes off in its own direction. And just like, there, there's never going to be a character like the gargoyle King in Dawson's no. Creek. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, there's I, never, so never going to be I a black hood. I Matthew here. I think it's like the uh, Kemba Simba thing that your movie sucks laid out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could draw these parallels, and obviously there was influence, but the direction that Riverdale goes and everything it does, I wouldn't even think of Dawson's Creek. Like, because Dawson's but Creek that's, is so sober. But that's why, that's why I take against it, because I think it... And this goes with Stranger Things, too. Like, there's... What, what, are, you, what are you laughing at, Matthew? No, no, no. Go, go on, go on. <laughs> but this is perfectly leading into something I wanted to mention. But go well, on, please. Okay, but, like, that's why I want to take against it. Because there are plenty of shows today that do homages. But then they will do something that I think, because it's not a thing that is actually in the, um, in the zeitgeist... Um, let me, I'm going to try to rephrase this. Go ahead. Um... Because you didn't, because it wouldn't occur to people of our generation that Dawson's Creek is even a thing that should be watched, it's it's worse to just steal the plot entirely. I, th- I think that's like theft. I don't know. I guess I just don't. I I don't see the similarities that you're seeing. Well, like, the first season of Riverdale is the first like, season, the setup well, is extremely first, similar. I, I, but the first I, I season it. of Riverdale it, it, it is revolves around a, a murder. Yeah, well, there, there, it's 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 completely stealing from Twin Peaks too. Yes, so. I would say if yeah. you want to like get upset and like a uh, uh, viewer, young viewers wouldn't know to watch something, they certainly wouldn't know to watch David Lynch's work and especially Twin Peaks. Like, and I feel like that first season is a direct facelift of Twin Peaks. I, okay, I, well, actually, now that you mention it, I do want to get upset about it. Can you tell me um, that I, that's the case? I've been and making banners. Mike, Michael, Riverdale what? is ripping off Twin Peaks. What the fuck? <laughs> Matthew! <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, wow. But Matthew, what were you going to say? Apparently, it, okay, uh, what I was so, talking about. Dev- and, and so, I, I, I apologize if upset was too strong of a word. Um, uh, it, no, no, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, 
I'm becoming more disenchanted with Riverdale because I think it has nothing original to say about oh, anything. Oh, no, I but don't, it's think, still very I don't entertaining. think there's one thing in Riverdale that is its own thing, and that's what makes me disgusted, but also entranced by it. I disagree. I feel like the stuff with the Black Hood and the Gargoyle no. King in, in like the next no. few seasons is so crazy. In season one, I agree, but... But all they're doing is borrowing from horror tropes to build that entire oh, thing. But you know what? Okay, can, can yeah. I... This, this actually does relate to... It, it's it's actually I shouldn't be getting that upset about it because the more that I watch the show of Dawson's Creek, the more I see Dawson's Creek kind of yeah starting some uh, tropes and cliches that are going to carry through, but also stealing um, scenes and concepts from other teenage movies of the eighties. Yeah, like the yeah. last the last episode of uh, where she goes to visit her dad in prison. And Dawson is her boyfriend who is, you know, helping her do that is a direct lift from Say Anything. Oh, wow. Just a complete ripoff and a great scene in that movie. And that and and that's the thing where I also get, you know, as like as few people have seen Dawson's Creek, even fewer people of our age will have seen Say Anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that's actually a great like arc in that film. And so I don't know. It's just I guess I'm just mad at. At, at appropriation, damn it. <laughs> Dramatic appropriation. He is, is outraged. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> you, you can't argue that in season one where, where Dawson and Pacey are eating all the chocolates on the conveyor belt, that is clearly <laughs> ripping off I Love Lucy. <laughs> and that just... <laughs> And I, what about I, when they all give up masturbation? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the honeymooners, I think. <laughs> um, I thought that was the point of Dawson's Creek because they make it clear he's such a film buff that they're going to be cheeky with it all throughout. Yeah, but say anything things. isn't a Spielberg movie. Yeah, sometimes no, like no, they reference mean, Jaws many times. Spielberg and, you know. specifically, but just the fact of like they're kind of gonna. Because they yeah, that's true. A I mean, there's the Breakfast Club episode. Sorry, I'm really talking over your Bridget. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matthew, we've been we've been teasing what you're we've we've been teasing what you want to talk about for like ten minutes well, now. So what do you want to talk about? I I just I'm just in love with Riverdale. But I was doing some research on. I told Michael this week, don't don't read the Wikipedia page on Riverdale because this is like one of the first few sentences that I read. So they, they were trying to figure out, you know, to be fair, what what can you do with Archie, a character that is like most well known for eating hamburgers, like like that's, and, or, or I guess Jughead too. Like, what are you going to do with that? So okay, so uh, here here's the, the quotation. So. Warner Brothers began development on an Archie feature film in 2013 after a pitch from a writer and a director that would have placed Archie's gang into a teen comedy feature film in the John Hughes tradition. The duo brought the the project to Warner Brothers where a VP recommended a more high concept direction. High concept. Oh, a very high concept, (laughs) including time travel or or interdimensional portals suggesting Louis C.K. to portray an older Archie. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I believe that, but I really want to. <laughs> That's the only And Ernest Borgnine to p- portray an even older Archie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not get that image out of my head of Louis C.K. playing Archie. 
Archie Andrews. I would give anything to watch that. <laughs> well, you know, KJ Appa does look kind of like Louis C.K. Yeah, he, he does. I About as much as Dawson looks like Ernest Borgnine. But... <laughs> he can play him in the biopic. <laughs> Eventually will come out, I'm sure. Um, that's really high con. I mean, that's the highest okay so i don't know what 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 there is really more to talk about here um the one actually bridget do do you have access to a computer because i've been talking about i've been talking about james vanderbeek and i I just want you to look up a picture of ernest bork (laughs) nine and just see why i was so why Lisa see why, was so see, indignant about see about why it. Michael see why Michael and and my mom were so wrong about this. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Ernest nine. All right, I I have pulled. Oh, <laughs> he looks just like James Vanderbeek, right? Wow. Yeah, I thought it was I James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's 50, it's fifty fifty. Okay. This. This guy wore some hats, man. They, they look good. <laughs> He's got this like hipster hat on. Oh my goodness! I'm just gonna oh. sh- I'm just gonna share my screen to let you see this. One second. Okay. Can everybody see this? <laughs> oh man, that's look good. Look at that. That is good. Was he Amish? Dang it! Dang it. No, that's not what I wanted. Okay. Um, well, I just uh, I just wanted to share because Bridget is not on Facebook and she's not participating in the social media aspect of this one iota. No, I'm just <laughs> we call um, that a campaign, Michael. Oh. <laughs> but see, this is why you should be doing it. <laughs> I don't know these things. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to share like a couple of reactions that we've gotten. First <gasps> really, of all, we've gotten reactions. We oh, got yeah. an email of, at Creek Times, guys. What? Yeah. Oh my god. John, I'll bleep it out. It's it's from John. Yes. John from our school. He went to school with us at um <laughs> John from our school. He went to school with us <laughs> at New York High School. <clears throat> and um he said um by the way, uh tell Bridget that she was not the Joey Potter in high school. I was. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. I just like clapped, and that's probably going to be so loud. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that's so good. It's really true. <laughs> oh man, bless, bless you, John. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks um, for listening, John. <laughs> that that and, was very funny. He still he still got it. <laughs> and um, I also got a got a reaction from my dad, who yes! I had not I had not told. I was. I didn't tell my dad that I was making this podcast. Is it because your dad wouldn't understand your artsy endeavors? <laughs> the colonel. The colonel would would not understand. Um, I was like, um, yeah, sorry, dad. Did I tell you I was making a Dawson's Creek podcast? And he says, uh, no, but I saw the. I really liked the Creek Times artwork, and then I listened to twenty five seconds to complete the experience. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's an authentic Creek Times experience. Wow. And, that, that, and I've been looking at the analytics. That's that's basically the drop-off for us. But it counts as a view, so what do we care? Cool. People generally stop stop listening at 25 seconds. Really? So what you're saying is we need to make the next 25 seconds be like the highest action entertainment. Well, at, at, to borrow a phrase from you, Matthew, we need to make it 
high octane. I agree. We need to go hard in the paint right now. Yes. All right, everybody, let's go high octane in three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Creek Times, the only Dawson's Creek podcast. Have a great day. Shh.